What's good, guys? It's your host, Adrian Evans. Welcome to the Black Wealth Media Podcast, where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and we talk about how we can create wealth and build legacy within the black community. Let's get into this episode. Today's episode is sponsored by SC Cosmetics. SC Cosmetics is a brand that was created by Samari Evans, a certified chemist. The brand consists of natural makeup products such as lip balms, eyeshadows, lipsticks, lip scrubs, and many other natural products. Shop at SCCosmetics.com or come visit in-store at 3710 Renoda Road, Winston-Salem, NC 27106. Vince, what's good, bro? What's happening? What's going on, man? Another day. All right, man. You ready to get started? Yep. Let's do it. All right, man. So, for one, man, before we get into it, man, how you how have you been? I know you just recently uh, celebrated a birthday, man. How did that go? What's up, man? Well, congratulations to making it to 31, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So, man, so tell me, man, what's been going on? What's new with Garden of Weeding? What kind of projects are you guys working on? Oh, man, we've been, let's see, it is middle of September. So I'm not sure the last time we did our, our last interview, but I want to say it was maybe wintertime or springtime yeah. or somewhere. Wintertime, I think, yeah. We've got, you know, some pretty big outdoor projects going on. Um, I probably have, we've got 20, you know, 4,000 plants outside growing, um, as well as the, you know, the consistent 10,000 plants that are in the indoors that run, you know, all year long. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we've got some projects that have, you know, been going on since May. Um, we are almost October. We're probably a week away from harvest. Um, so we're really close to, you know, seeing this project from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and it's been a hell of a season. Uh, we've got a great, you know, the weather's great. You know, growing outdoors, you got to, you know, you're kind of up to Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, if one day Mother Nature says it wants to be 90 degrees and then the next day she's like, nah, fuck you, it's going to snow, um, you know, you can't change that. Um, you know, so we've been really blessed with summer, uh, you know, not just from the cannabis aspect, but I think any farmer, any person who's, you know, has a livelihood that comes from outside, you know, this year's been a, you know, a better year than, you know, previous. Yeah. Um, you know, so we got those projects going on. Um, you know, we got some stuff like, I think, the first of September, we went to the Wiz Khalifa show, got the drop, uh, Wiz's manager, Will, you know, a nice little care pack, um, you know, and get that flower to Wiz and get it to their crew. And, you know, hopefully in the future we can do some, uh, we can do some, uh, you know, some collaborative stuff with Wiz Khalifa and some of these other brands, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so it's really just, you know, what, you know, is been culminating over the past, you know, three or four years, really, you know, starting to show. It's starting yeah. to, you know, you can see, you know, where we're shining at, um, you know, where we're really, you know, putting our best foot forward. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I, grew, I, I grew up around parents who were workers, you know, so if you don't have a work ethic in whatever you do, it's going to be hard to, you know, kind of leg up in advance. Um, and I think that's something that I've been blessed with, you know, from a young age. It's just knowing how to work, um, you know, and with time, if you work hard enough, all those things that you, know, you want to have will pay off. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So tell me, man, like, you know, up until this point, what kind of mindset have you had since everything's been going on, man? Um, I mean, with all the projects, the scale of the projects, how big they are, you know, how much money's on the line. Uh, you know, you really got to, you know, get into a, you know, somewhat of a management, you know, problem solving. You know, I've got a really good crew of people. You know, two years ago, there was maybe three or four people in our company, you know, that were, you know, handling day-to-day stuff. Now we've got, you know, a crew, you know, 20 different, you know, grow cultivation guys. we got a crew of... 20 people who, you know, they're the trim crew and they come in, they process the product after it's harvested and they get it ready to go. Um, you know, so now I'm, you know, being focused on the project is great, yeah. but you gotta have these individuals like myself and a couple of my partners who are kind of thinking bigger picture, thinking on about things that are happening in the background or things that are going to happen two, three months, two, three weeks down the line. Um, you know, I think that's something, you know, we're so focused on growing the best weed, but it's now it's more managing the best team to grow the best weed. Um, you know, we got so many plants. I can't look at plants every day. Yeah. Not like it was, you know, six, seven years ago when you're at home and you got, you know, 30 plants and you can focus on 30 plants. It's very difficult to focus on, you know, the scale of, you know, 4,000 outdoor plants and then another, you know, 10,000 inside you know so I think we've really came a long way in terms of where our mental at in terms of you know management focusing and, and planning for that big picture um, so I would say that's probably you know some of the the things that we've you know picked up learned um, you know managing 20-30 people is not the easiest thing you got different personalities at different people um, you know and it's you really got to you know, I think at the end of the day, if your employees and the people you work with enjoy what they do, then, 
you know, they'll enjoy the people that are along for the journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what's up, man. Now, for those who don't know, man, you said something about indoor and outdoor plants. Is it a different process when it comes to growing those plants? Yeah, so a cannabis plant is essentially, it is, it's based off a of, uh, photo period. Photo period meaning how many hours of light it gets a day, whether it's the sun, whether it's indoor lights that we can control when they come on and when they come off. Yeah. So indoor, you know, you have things more on a natural set schedule, you know, 18 hours on, six hours off, you're in a vegetative phase. 12 hours on, 12 hours off, you're in a flower phase. Outdoor, it's a little bit different because now you're going with the sun. You know, if you know, notice, you know, early spring or late spring, early summer, the days are really long. You know, you wake up at o'clock, the sun is up, you go to bed at nine o'clock in the sun, you can still see a little bit of light out. Um, comparatively to like now where it's dark at seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, and it's dark at seven o'clock in the afternoon. That's where you have to really play that photo period. Um, and it's different. Some strains will flip into flower a little bit faster at 13 hours, and some will go faster at 14 hours, and then some of them won't really do nothing until they get to that 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, you're kind of playing with, you know, the sun you got, you know, that's one thing you can't really control. Like indoor is a lot of control. You can control how cold it is. You can control yeah. how hot or humid or how lights are. Outdoor, it's kind of, you know, some of those variables, the sun, you know, all those things are, you know, mother nature. It's not our, under our control. Um, yeah. So once you kind of get the, the gist of, you know, growing outdoor and growing indoor and learning, you know, different techniques, we take a lot of our indoor technique, we take them outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, know, you know, some of those things that we do inside, we might not do as much outdoor and vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, those are some of the, you know, the, definitely the tricks of the trade and, you know, the management of, you know, indoor to outdoor. Yeah. Um, you know, like Rasta people, um, you know, they don't really, will they smoke indoor weed yet? But if they're, you know, they're one of those groups of people that's like they want it grown by the sun because it's natural, it's unadulterated, it's not man-made, essentially. Right. Um, you know, so you have your groups of people who like indoor, people who like outdoor, you know, people who just like good weed in general, whether it's um, indoor or out. You know, it's, it's just, you know, all about who's cultivating it, how you're cultivating it, you know, what kind of practice those cultivators do. Um, you know, so there's plenty of different, you know, tricks. I mean, I would I would say, like, anybody can grow weed. It's not yeah. the hard world, but there's a difference between growing top-notch flour and top-notch flour at a commercial scale. You know, that's kind of probably the hard thing. You know, you, like, you see a lot of these guys grow, you know, flowers in their basement. I started there. You know, yeah. that's what I started doing. You can have, like, a real boutique experience because it's only, you know, 10, 12 plants. You get to take care of them every day. You get to touch them every day. You get to see them every day. When you go to that, you know, now you're running hundreds of plants. Now it's a little bit different. Because mm-hmm. you, get, you know, me, myself, now I could have, a, you know, some of my, my coworkers and my employees, you know, check things out and see some things and then bring them back to me, you know, in that management realm. Um, and that's what we've got. We've got pretty good at solving problems. Um, 
you know, the recipe, recipe, once people learn the recipe and, you know, you teach, you know, some of the guys how to do certain things, that is easy. The hard part is what do you do when something goes wrong? Yeah. And it's either you fix it and you know what you're doing or you think you know what you're doing get it fixed and now the problem is dragged out two months later you know, yeah. there's a lot of things in in growing plants in general there's like it's almost like a ripple effect like if you fuck up at the beginning you're gonna see that result you know that you're gonna see that affect the result at the end um you know that's where some people don't really you know if you mess up uh you know a certain week or flower well, now you're taking that plant off of, you want it to be just a smooth coast up and then a coast to finish. Well, if you start going like this, well, that's not a natural, that's not how it's supposed to go. You're holding it back or you're you're stunting its growth. You're not letting it do the, you know, the perfect ride. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's all types of things that you can get into when it comes to, you know, plants and, you know, what they need and what they don't need, whether it's indoor or out. Yeah. Now, you said something about, you know, facing problems and solving them. What would you say has been, like, probably the biggest problem you've ever had to face within the company and solve? And, you know, how did that work out? Um, I would probably say the biggest problem in the industry is, A, finding people you can trust. Yeah. And, and good partners that you can work with because you've got... You know, the cannabis industry is a booming, lucrative industry. Yeah. You know, you start to have people getting greedy. People start to, you know, worry about what the next man's making, blah, 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 blah. But that would probably be the, you know, probably the toughest issue is just finding good people to work with. You know, like, it's just like any business. Like, if you have, you know, a business partner and it's a toxic relationship and y'all don't get along, your business probably isn't going to be doing very well you know but if you got a business partner that you know everything is great you know it's like most of the people that are in the top of you know the business that i operate like best friends yeah you know like you can't really and even down to the you know the people that are you know lower on the totem pole you know they're all a part of the business but like at the end of the day it's like you gotta enjoy who you're working with if you're not enjoying who you're working with then at the end of the day what's the point yeah um you know, and I think that's something that you, to, to get in the position that I've been in, you know, almost 10 years in the industry, or 10 years growing weed, you know, seven to eight years in the actual, you know, industry, um, you learn, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it, don't, it ain't in your favor, you know, if people are good or if they're bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had experiences with shitty people who are just not worth you know, they see us for what we can do and the skill set that we have, but they don't understand that, you know, the skill set that we have today, it took us to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like there's a quote. It's like, you're not paying me because I can do this job in 30 minutes. You're paying me for the 10 years that it took mm-hmm. me to be able to do this job in 30 minutes. Um, you know, a lot of people who are in that corporate industry don't really, you know, understand that. Um they don't really understand how, you know, A, cannabis has always been illegal. It's not like it's been like this popular thing legally that you can do and you can, the only way to get good at growing weed is to grow a shit ton of it. You have to keep growing. That's why you see people who've been growing for 20, 30 years are pretty good at it because yeah. doing it for so long. Um, 
that's where you have to kind of see, you know, you know, you have to find these diamonds in the rough. There's a lot of people, you know, even growers, growers are like, you know, I can grow wheat. Yeah, you, you can grow wheat, but can you grow commercial cannabis at scale to where you're dealing with millions of dollars in revenue? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between, a, you know, five lights in your basement and 500 lights on the block. Yeah. In five different facilities. So, you know, that's where you really kind of get to get, you know, in this industry. That's the one thing. It's like, if you can find good people to work with who respected your grind and respected your skill set, then you're good. Yeah. Okay. That's solid, man. Now, kind of shifting the conversation a little bit. Um, there's a bill coming to NC. I don't remember the name of it. Um, one one state bills better one one or something like that. Yeah, that's it. So you know, in the article, I read that you have to pretty much drop like fifty, you know, fifty k to get a non-refund. license, man. Non-refundable. Yeah, and then also it's a lot of crazy stuff like they're only allowing a certain number of facilities in the state. So, you know, tell me, man, like, how do you feel about that? Like, because to me, it seems like they're opening the door just a little bit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? At, so, at the end of the day, cannabis is something that's going to go legal. It's just about when yeah. and how the system is set up. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, the bill that's, you know, being pushed and trying to make its way through you know, Senate and all those different places it has to go through to get the check. Um, it is a little bit, you know, fucked up. Yeah. It's like, okay, first off, I got to pay 50 G's, non-refundable. <laughs> it, that's just like, that's not even, who knows? Like, there's a, there's probably like the small writing to where you have to go have a lease on the property that you want to apply for. <laughs> you even um, So it's, it's different, you know. I think states. What they're going to do is they're going to look at all these different states that are going legal. They'll look at all the data. They'll look at whatever they want to look at, and then they'll kind of build their own. Yeah. Um, you know, like I think Oklahoma went legal two years ago, and the application was a front and back piece of paper. Mm. You literally fill it out, put shit, turn it in, and they gave out a plethora of licenses immediately because the process was so easy it wasn't yeah. like you know like in North Carolina like you're gonna have to 50 G's it was $50,000 just to apply non-refundable and then another $5,000 or $10,000 for every cultivation facility and dispensary if you wanted to have a dispensary but I think you have to have one um, that doesn't even include like first off you're gonna have to get a lawyer to go yeah. through all that or if you're gonna Paying fifty thousand dollars on a non-refundable or application, you're going to go spend the money on the lawyer to make that application is ninety-five percent going to get accepted. Yeah. Whether you're talking to politicians, whether you're talking to whoever you got to talk to, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to go just spend fifty thousand dollars and say, you know what, it's fifty-fifty. Like no, (laughs) yeah. I'll spend fifty G's if it's eighty twenty. Now I got a better shot. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's, I think it's definitely, there's a little bit of, when you read that, you can already kind of see, like, how they try to monopolize it. Yeah. Um, it's like, hey, you have to be a resident for two years. 
Um, B, you have to know how to grow wheat five years. Like, who in North Carolina has proof they grow weed at yeah. a commercial legal scale for five years? Nobody. What they're going to do is they're going to go find people like me or people like, you know, Jungle Boys or, you know, these bigger companies who have been doing it. And then they're going to bring them in as a consultant or a business partner. And now they don't have to know they don't have to know anything because yeah. now the, that they hired who have been doing it for 10 years whether they're getting paid what they're worth or not now they have you know the ability to check those boxes for the application yeah um you know and there's things you know you got medical i think what was it the the actual ailment or diseases or whatever yeah. you had to have had a number of them um you know it's not too too in depth it's kind of just it's up to the doctors and that's yeah. another thing how many doctors in North Carolina are going to put their license on, on the line to say yeah this guy can marijuana's for him you know that's tough it's it's not something that's common out there you know so the first person to do it is probably like this, we'll see how it goes but if it they say it you know it's not a big deal the next thing you know that doctor's going to be booming because now he's a trusted source where you files to your health records and say all right i i think i can marijuana is a route i want to go instead of uh pharmaceuticals you know and another thing about the article that you know i was just questioning was for someone to work for an actual facility they have to pay 250 dollars and then uh even people that like say if you're in prison or jail or something for trafficking weed like mm-hmm. you can't even be a part of that and yeah, so they, you know open-ended they were like you know if you have been involved in a non-violent drug offense or like possession or something like that like you can still the plot um but they were like if you have a felony for trafficking or something like that, that just depends, you know, and they like kind of left it open-ended to where like, they're not going to give you an answer, but they also don't give you any clarification of like what, what you need to do. Um, and I think you see a lot of that. Not a lot of these new States, there's, you know, there's places that are trying to do social equity, you know, trying to get, you know, uh, What's up, guys? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, I want you to take a screenshot of yourself listening, and I want you to tag at underscore the Black Both Media Pod. That'll be a big help as far as getting the message out. Also, I want you to go ahead and leave a five-star review and go ahead and subscribe. And let's get back to the show. Stuff like that. I think that should be almost automatic. If you legalize weed in the state, for sale for your tax benefit, then a there shouldn't be nobody in jail for a non-violent marijuana offense. Now, if you're shooting and killing people over weed, you know maybe that's a different story. Yeah. But you just you know had a sack. I mean, I remember in what was it? This had to be 2010. I got caught with like a blunt in the back of the car in someone's car I was hanging out with, and you know we all got tickets for the weed. All yeah. had to go to court. All had to pay fines. All had to do this for it was literally maybe a street value of ten dollars. Um, you know, I think that definitely like if you if a state legalizes cannabis in any form, 
there should be some expungement programs where people can, you know, go get those things that really wasn't a big deal, but, you know, it could, it, it could change people's lives. I'm sure there's people out there that, you know, got a, an F from having, I think it was, what is it, more than a half ounce is what it used to be, it was a felony. Yeah. That's not a lot of weed. You know, someone get caught with a half ounce. Nowadays, it's like, I don't even think it's shit, but... Back then, you know, five, six years ago, it was something that was, you know, they're still trying to give you felonies. And, you know, from that moment in your life, it's like now you have a felony on your record. You can't do nothing. Um, speaking of, like, cards, like in Colorado, you have to go through an application process, work in the end, you have to be over than, over, older than 21. You have to do a background check, and you have to get your fingerprint, fingerprints taken. Um and then they give you a badge, like a just like an airport. Like if you work in an airport, you got your little badge to yeah. go in. Um, and they last for two years, and it was I think they're one hundred and seventy five dollars. You know, so like there's a lot of, you know, there's I can't I don't know the, the statistics on how many you know people are employed by cannabis industry in Colorado. Yeah, but I would say it's a lot. Yeah. Um, if you figure everybody's paying one hundred and seventy five dollars every two years to keep their badge. You know, that's just more money that, you know, the cities and the counties and the state make. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's especially throw on, you know, reservation taxes, 25% almost. So yeah. every time we make a million dollars, we got to give a quarter of it. Back. Yeah. You, know, you think of businesses, like most businesses' profit margins are 20 to 40% or something like that. Mm. Well, now your profit margin is only 30%. Or forty percent, and they're taking away twenty five percent of it off the top. It's like it makes it really hard to, you know, really make moves and make real money. Like you can make money in these industries, but a lot of time it goes back into the buildings, back yeah. into like as you want to get bigger, you want to expand. Um, so a lot of that money that you're making goes to that. You know, very yeah. rarely to just walk away like you know lump sums of cash. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. Um. So, you know, like when this takes place or whenever this takes place, do you think that once the state sees how, you know, operation goes as far as how much money these, you know, cannabis companies are bringing in, do you think they'll just be like, oh, man, you know, they bring in a lot of money. Let's go ahead and just open it up. Everybody can, you know what I'm saying? You think they'll? I think uh, every every state's probably going to start medical because yeah. it's like a like if you look at it from like a political standpoint it's like okay this is medical it's yeah. weed but it's medical so it's not like it's not like that bad because right. it's medical you know when at the end of the day the medical weed and the red weeds in Colorado is the same right. but it's just what makes the difference is the tax medical weed is not tax isn't as near as, as recreation so what will happen is they'll go medical they'll have it open for two years whatever it is and they make all this money and at a lower tax, yeah. then they're going to be like, well, we can just legalize it recreationally, and then now we can get 20, 25, double what we were getting mm. in medical, and we're opening up the doors to anybody that's over 21. Um, you know, so that's where you're going to see a lot of times, like, you look at um, states like Washington. Washington was big medical, like huge yeah. underground, just like a big cultural, you know, cannabis community. It goes wreck. The price of weed is crazy high at the first 
you know, in the inception of the business, and then you know, six years later, it's at the bottom of the barrel pricing. Yeah. And what has happened is they see that they're not getting any money from medical, and all these people are still hustling, you know, selling their packs to their homies or whatever they're doing. But on the rec side, they're getting all the tax. So then they start going and they start squeezing the medicals and trying to force them into rec because if you can get twenty five percent instead of 10%, yeah. you're going to a person to go 10% uh, or to go to that, you know, higher tax break. Um, you know, so it's kind of a, it's going to be taxed, you know, it's like if it goes federal, it's like does Colorado now got to pay a federal tax? So now our taxes go up from 25 to 30 because somebody wants their dollars. Um, you know, it's like in Colorado, we used to have cannabis cups. It was like a, a big event, you know, yeah. 420, everybody shows up, everybody smoking weed. Like you go to, 2015, I think, was the last one, and it had to be 40,000 people at the convention center outside just getting down, blazing, you know, there's vendors everywhere, it's, it's popping. Um, they don't do it anymore, only because there's so much people giving a joint to this person or giving, you know, a dad to this person that they don't keep track of that tax revenue. You know, yeah. they want $10 and you just give it away. And they're making twenty five percent. Well, they lose two fifty, and it's going on so much because it's it's just happening. Yeah. Um, that they were like, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore because you know it's not the 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 moral behind it is we can't collect that change. Right. Types of events, um, you know, and and that, that's just kind of the way it is. You know, it's unfortunate that like that, but you know with. It's unfortunate that it's like that, especially when you have things like you have a beer fest or like, you know, uh, they just had a hard seltzer fair or some shit <laughs> like, well, y'all can go to these places and, you know, buy a $10 wristband, I, all you, you drink it all you want, but, but we can't essentially do the same thing right. with, you know, a product that's probably safer yeah. you know, than drinking alcohol. So it's, you know, it's just something that sometimes the people make the rules that don't understand how the game works yeah. you know and, and we're the people who are playing the game are the ones that are you know stuck with that and we gotta figure out how to you know get through it the whole time yeah yeah man yeah so you know as far as um as far as like if they you know whenever they do legalize I was just thinking whenever they do legalize uh marijuana as a whole medical and uh, recreational use, I mean, wouldn't you think they, they're going to have to let the guys that are in prison for, you know, trafficking, like, wouldn't you think they're going to have to let those guys, like, they're going to have to let them go, let them... Uh, I mean, I don't know if... It just depends on what they break you down. If it's, you know, if you got caught with 40 pounds of weed in your trunk, um... You know, you, you still could be okay as long as it's not like a, a non-violent, crazy shit. Now, if you're, you get caught with, you know, 40 pounds in your trunk and two Glock 19s and an AR-15, yeah, that's, like, yeah. you know, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think there's plenty of stories of people who have been arrested for drugs a long time ago, you know, and they're, they got out of jail because weed's legal. Yeah. Way more comparatively now than what it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I definitely think you'll you'll see a lot of that, and I think that's kind of deserving. If you have a misdemeanor or a felony, 
depending on how serious that felony is related to marijuana, if y'all are going to legalize it, it, then you can't punish me no more for that shit. Yeah. It's like almost like double jeopardy. It's like you get charged with murder, you, you can't be charged with murder again on the same case. <laughs> right. you know? uh, so it's just all these, you know, all these different aspects that kind of line up and kind of see, kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I think North Carolina is a would be a fantastic you know medical recreational i think it would be fantastic anywhere and yeah. a it's boost economies um even how they wrote it down they're like you have to put a dispensary in a lower income county you know so yeah. it's like all right that's cool like i don't need to have a dispensary in downtown charlotte you know what i'm saying but i could go put one in gaston county mm-hmm. you know pretty close a little bit lower income and still have a booming business yeah you know, so I think that I think there's some things in there that are like really good. I just don't know. Like, so you're familiar with North Carolina? North Carolina does uh, ABC stores for liquor. Yeah. Like, you gotta go to the liquor store to get alcohol. Right. I've seen articles where they're talking about the ABC stores are preparing to almost build their sales system for camp. Because it's essentially kind of the same thing. If you have a liquor store with all different alcohols of flavors of different potencies, you can just swap it with weed. It's like, okay, now you got this mm-hmm. weed with potency and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so that would be a model that would fit right into what they were doing. Now, I don't want to see anything that's like state controlled. I think people like me... You know, and anybody that wants to, you know, apply for a fifty thousand dollar non-refundable application um, should have the opportunity to. I don't want to see yeah. it go to like corporate thing where you got you grow for the state and you send your weed to the ABC stores and the ABC stores sell it. Now, if that's the way it is and that's the way we have to do it, then so be it. You know, because yeah. you can still get your branding and your marketing with your packaging on the shelves and still grow your company that way yeah. um, you know but you just don't get to I mean storefronts are probably you know that's where a lot of the money's made yeah. you know a lot of money made in the storefront the cultivation you know it used to be like the growers price now it's like the dispensaries grow the price because all the, the growers out there who will bottom dollar and go beg for people to buy their pounds when you know the price is low you know, that's one thing about, like, my company, the company that we work for, my general, we don't, we're not budging on price. Like, it's just not happening. Yeah. You know, like, we budge on some stuff that's older and, you know, four to six months old that we're trying to move inventory. Yeah, but we're not going to budge price just because everybody else is. Yeah. You know, and that just goes to stand on, like, we're standing behind what we grow. Like, there's no way you can go look at some of the weed that they buy for certain prices and then look at my weed and tell me my weed that is the same price as that. I yeah. tell you. Um, and most of the time, they don't. They can't. They're like, oh, damn, this shit's bump. You know, like, it's just better than what we're paying at this price. Um, you know, so it's, it is it is what it is. When you have a, you know, a brand and a, a following and a group of people that, you know, with good weed, it's easy. That's the best thing about good weed, man. That shit tells itself. You don't really yeah. got to weed. Um, you know, people who... I don't know if any of you guys remember, like, when you smoked weed and it was cheating weed, like, I grew up smoking Reggie mid-grade and shit like that, and all of a sudden, you, like, 
smoke some bomb or some or some quality weed. That, yeah. Like that's the moment in your life where you like, I ain't never smoking that shit again. <laughs> I'm not going backwards. Yeah, that's and true. That's the beautiful thing about quality. It's like people won't go backwards yeah. once they that shit once. You smoke really really good weed one time. No one wants to go smoke Reggie or like any <laughs> person. Gonna go get to try to get the best shit you can get. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's something that we myself have always you know kept my foot down. It's like you know, good we is like even me. Like if I, I'm gonna go pay whatever they want for it. I'm not yeah. gonna like complain because it's too expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like if I want something that's that good, then you gotta pay for it. Yeah. Um, just like alcohol. Look at alcohol. I mean, there's people who you know, drink the top-notch tequilas, Yeah. you know, and they go in the liquor store and they buy that shit every time. They ain't going to buy a bottle of Jose Cuervo off the shelf that costs $15. That's just not what they're doing. But the person that does buy that Jose Cuervo, they'll continue to buy that Jose Cuervo. And same thing with weed. Once they find something that they like, yeah. Or to, you know, you kind of stick to what you like. You, know, you don't really change. You don't go too far away from the street. Now, when you reach out and try something every now, yeah. But like when you're, you know, shopping for weed, especially on a budget, it's like you got to find what you can afford and what is the best quality. Um, yeah. I think with dispensaries now, you have, um, you know, you got a lot of choices. You got a lot of different. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to a dispensary, but yeah, like, yeah. you go to dispensaries and it's like sometimes it's kind of like. Fuck, like this shit is, there's a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, you got edibles, you got ash, you got 30 different kinds of flour. It's just like, you know, and if you're not an avid smoker and you know what the newest strain on the streets is and what people are talking about, it's it's confusing. Like, yeah. I can imagine, like, someone that was, you know, 60 years old going into a dispensary and it would just be, like, probably, like, a very hectic. But there are good bartenders out there who can, you know, help curb that kind of. Um, you know, feel where it's like overwhelming. Yeah. You know, that's probably the word is overwhelming. Um, but you know, I'm gonna go. I got a trip out to Seattle next weekend. And I'm gonna go see what kind of weed they got out there. Yeah. See what the. I lived in Seattle for a while, um, or in Washington State, and you know they grow good weed out there. You know when they got when it got legalized, what happens was in Washington the the application process was a lottery. You paid a thousand dollars, and they fucking do the little bingo thing, and if they pull your number out, you get a license. Um, so that's how they did it in Washington. So yeah. like, Washington was known for really good weed, and then it went legal, and all these people started getting licenses and couldn't afford to build, you know, million dollar grows. So they start growing outside, and then you know, once you start growing. Uh, you know, a bottom of the barrel product outside, it just starts to water down the, you know, the market in general. Now, what would you say has been, um, where would you say, you know, you've had the best weed in like what state would you say that was? Oh man. I would probably have to say Colorado. Colorado. Colorado's got some good weed. California has good weed too. Um, but I think California, it's like more who you know. Yeah. Like if you know some people who grow good weed in California, you're going to smoke on good weed. But if you're like have to go buy weed, like the unfortunate thing now is like you have the marketing and branding of 
cannabis that has like kind of like taken over and you got you know all these different kinds of weed that are you know branded they're labeled yeah. you know runs zaza and, you know all those things that people you know that in the streets are liking but half the time they're getting a bag of weed that that ain't the weed that's in the bag they're, people are just taking weed and they're just putting it in bags and selling it as this because who knows like who are you to tell me that's not runs? Yeah. Unless you've been to California, unless you've been to Colorado and seen real runs, you're not going to tell me that's not real runs. And I think that's unfortunate because it kind of fucks up, you know, the people who are out there growing, you know, this and, you know, and that and the real this and the real that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, like, I'll give you a top three. I would probably say, I'm going to say Colorado. I've been here the longest. It's, it's about who you know. Like, if you got to go to the dispensary, you're going to have a... It might be difficult to pick which one is the best and be right at that. You know, you might pick something that the bud tender says, hey, you, uh, you'll like this one. You know, but, like, it's not, like, really what you would have, you know, what you would have liked. Um, COVID's changed shit, too. You know, you can't, like, yeah. anymore. You like, smell the weed and be like, all right, let me get an ace of that. Now it's like you can look at it but you can't smell it until you walk out the door with it. Yeah. So that's where branding is really big because it's like now you, if you can't smell it, but it's made by the same, if, it's, if you got garden weed, this, 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 and this, and you've only smoked one of them and you really like the garden weed, and well, you're going to stick with the garden weed right. and other because you're comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and then California, like I've only been to California once, I think. I haven't been to California a lot at all. I think we went to the Cannabis Cup in San Francisco in like 2014. Um, and there was definitely some, some good weed out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't know so, you know, I was just out there, you know, trying to, you know, engulf myself in the cannabis. Um, you know, but obviously California is known for weed. So it was yeah. like, fuck, gotta go you know, see what's going on out here. I've been in Colorado for a couple of years to see what's going on. Let me go to California and see what these guys are doing. I mean, I flew from Colorado to California for the Cannabis Cup, met up with a couple of people that I met through social media, gave me some clones. I kept the clones at our Airbnb off for the first three or four days. We flew back and I literally went to the grocery store, bought a salad, took half the salad out, put all the plants inside the salad, put more salad on, and walked right day with that shit and brought it home. And that's just because it was like, if I can get some of this shit out of California, shit back to Colorado, now I got some shit that, like, people don't got. Yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to really figure out ways to, you know, be different than everybody else. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, you know, that's it. I just, like I tell my homeboys all the time, it's like, we're just built different. Like a lot of people want to do what we can do, but it's tough, man. And, and we're just, you know, almost cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. One more question, man. Let me ask you. Um, so excluding, excluding Reggie, um, you know, like say you got, say you got some gas, like what would you say has been like the, like what, what would you say is bottom of the barrel, you know, weed? Like, what kind of characteristics would qualify um, that? I mean, you're going to look for things that a, have no smell. Yeah. Um, the 
the texture or, or the the dry, you know, whether it's too dry or it's too wet, you know, th- those are things that are, you know, important processes of having a good product is making sure that, you know, they're cured the right way. Um, you know, making sure a lot of times if you don't know the grower, know their practices and their prop and their, uh, you know, the way that they do things, you know, we flush weed for 10 to 14 days. A lot of people ain't flushing weed and people don't really understand like flushing weed is like we, we filled with a, we feed our plants with like a nutrient base. Yeah. So nutrient base will build up. If you don't flush it out, it's going to be stuck in your product. You know, if you ever smoke the joint and it goes out all the time or the ash is black, that more than likely means the flower ain't clean. Mm. Smoking a joint and it be white, you yeah. know, when you smoke it and it's white and it looks good, you know, that's when you can say, all right, the weed's clean, it's burning clean, it's not burning through any nutrients or yeah, things like you got microbials, good and bad. You got metals, you know, like lead, iron, different things that you know can be stuck up in your weed. You got bugs, you know, there's there's bugs on weed. It's just a part of the process, but if you have a, it's called an IPM. It's an integrated pet management. It's just how we deal with issues. And when yeah. you have a, a, a set schedule of what you do, you don't. You know, there's some people, you know, back in the day, it's like, who knows what we were smoking 10 years ago? Who knows what was sprayed on it? Who knew what nutrients were used? Who knew what soil it was grown? We just didn't know none of that. We were just thankful to be able to go grab a nickel bag for five bucks. Yeah. Um, now the games change and you get to learn and know all this information that no one knew you know 10-15 years ago it's like yeah. I think back in like the 60s or 70s he was testing at like 3 or 4% PHC now we're like 30% plus yeah. so that's how far it's come from you know A it's always been illegal it's still in some places but now people are getting the opportunities and well um, platforms to see what the, the plant can do. It's yeah. like you can get a degree in horticulture and grow tomatoes, but I guarantee you the same space growing tomatoes, whether it be a thousand square feet, you couldn't grow a thousand square feet of cannabis because it's just, you don't get that practice. You don't go to school and they're like, yeah, I'm a horticulture major and I'm going to go grow weed though, like not tomatoes or corn or vegetables i want to grow specific now in the next you know coming years there's probably, that's probably going to change because you have like university and like well that could be a a topic in our you know or a minor not a major but now you can maybe major in horticulture but minor in plant botany of cannabis or some mm-hmm. shit like um i definitely could see you could see that down the most road most definitely yeah most definitely all right, man. That, that's all I got for you, Spence. Uh, I appreciate you, man, for doing this part two. Yeah, man. Um, we'll have to. Uh, I got. I got harvests coming up in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Shit's gonna get crazy. Um, we'll have to circle back maybe Most definitely. Top, top of the year or something to see how the harvest and you know the projects they finished up. Most definitely, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. All right, all right man. All right, guys. I appreciate y'all for being here. Yeah, man. Uh, We going to finish up and get out of here, man. Y'all have a good night. Peace.
What's up, guys? It's me again. So tell me, what did you think about the show? I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag at underscore the Black Wealth Media Pod and share this on your Instagram stories with your friends. That would be very appreciated. Also, go inside the podcast app to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a five-star review. This helps us get the message across all over the world so more people can listen. On top of that, I really do hope you guys enjoy the show. And I'll see you next week on the Black Wealth Media Podcast.